Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Chris can't do like every kid I grew up with. Got him. Bad style matchup for me. Got him. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. What's going on, guys? Morning, morning. It's like that 512 seat. Yeah. March Madness. Like, oh, yeah. Tricky. Bad style. Tricky. Kenny Norton. <laughs> Kenny Norton. <laughs> Ali beat everyone, but Kenny Norton was a hard, hard situation. Get him every time. Uh, Don't shoot. Yeah. What the hell? What's the matter, kid? What are you looking for? <laughs> I'm looking for my rundown, man. I just got oh, it. Man. Just leave everything to me. I oh, got you, Keith. No, no, no. I'm not going to leave everything to you because you'll die right in it. <laughs> That's right. So, exactly. I'm trying to I literally just walked in. Whatever. Oh. <laughs> so yesterday, fellows, on a terrific program called This Just In, 2 p.m. Eastern, ESPN, um, Tim Legler made an interesting point about John Morant. And I don't think it's something enough people have considered until he made this point. So here's the question. And we're going to play that sound for you in a minute. But here's the question. Is Ja being suspended? So he was eight games altogether. It was really a two-game suspension. He was away for six games. They said time served plus two games. And they called it an eight-game suspension. But is it a blessing in in disguise for the Grizzlies as they're heading into the playoffs? Um. Here's Taylor Jenkins, that's the Grizzlies head coach, at the press conference yesterday. L- listen to him talking about the anticipation that Ja will play. We anticipate him playing tomorrow. Everything's checking out medically well. You know, we had a light practice today, didn't do a whole lot, but, you know, it's just reintegration process. I think he's excited to be back with the group. Bruce excited to have him back. Uh, as I said, it's seamless. All right, so he's coming back. But what kind of player is he going to come back as? A lot of people have fretted about this, you know, jaw, time away. Is he going to feel himself? Is this going to affect his game? But listen to Tim Legler. No. Tim Legler. One thing that's going to be interesting, and this happened with, with Steph Curry a year ago. You know, a guard late in the year, I know he brought a lot of this, this negative attention to himself, he's, and he's you know, been suspended, he's been away from the team. But you know what else he's not doing? He's not putting any wear and tear on his legs at this time of the year. When you come back after layoff this late in the season, you are revitalized uh. from an energy standpoint. Ja, I think, is going to be the best version we've seen Ja be all year because I don't think this, this is going to actually distract him. I don't think it's going to bother him. I think it's going to make him more focused and fresh. When you've got a fresh set of wheels as a basketball player, particularly a point guard, and you come back this late in the year, that could bode well for them. So, uh, look, I know you guys haven't played an 82-game season, yo, but seasons are so long. And we're sitting here talking about the Boston Celtics like on a, on a slight game slid, right? And everyone's like, well, what's wrong with them? Like, well, they've been one of the most dominant teams in the league for 70% of the year. It's hard to sustain that level of play. Essentially what Ja has been given, granted, I'm removing all the stuff that's occurred. He's been giving an extended all-star break. He's had two all-star breaks now. So we talked about last year. He's been legs. load managed. He's been load managed <laughs> to a degree, right? So now it's like, hey, with 10 games left in the season, 
come back off the bench. He'll probably come off the bench tonight because the Memphis Grizzlies have been playing a high level of basketball. They're two in the Western Conference right now. So without job, come off the bench, be your dynamic self, ease into the system. And this is the best runway to have before. This is the runway you almost wish LeBron James had with the Lakers. This is the runway you wish Kevin Durant had with the Phoenix Suns. Instead of coming back for two games, come back with 10 games left and then ramp up for the postseason. It's perfect timing, excluding all the stuff that's happening. But he ain't coming off injury, Jay. That's what I'm saying. He was healthy to begin with. He's fresh. No, he for sure has got fresh legs. He's just got to get back into the rhythm. And I'm sure he's probably been playing some sort of shoot-around pickup to some degree. He's not just sitting on the couch eating fried chicken, that's for sure. But having him back in the lineup certainly helps this team out. In the West, I, I know we look at Denver and, and we were looking at the Clippers and, you know, Sacramento's cute and a lot of people are down on Golden State because of the road record in the Lakers because Anthony Davis and LeBron are in and out of the lineup and they really haven't had the continuity with the new guys as much as people would like. But the West isn't as wide open as most people think because everybody's kind of, to me, the same. Nobody is is clear-cut well, favorite means it is in wide open. It is wide that open. That means it is No, I mean, open. that's what I mean. It, it's wide open because nobody... Nobody is a clear-cut favorite. Nobody's coming out of this thing thinking, oh, well, the Mavs just got Kyrie. But then they don't play defense. They can score a lot of points. Lakers what does that look hurt. Like? And now, you know, you know, and Phoenix are missing KD this whole time. And they had to give up pieces to get them. And the Warriors have been bad on the road. 100% right. There's no, there's no sure thing. But then again, I always go to, like you would probably sure too, thing. Jay. They've been struggling recently. Yeah, but I still think, I think they're going to turn things around. I know they're questioning. Yeah, I don't know. If, I, I don't know if they're a sure thing because what if they get the Lakers in a draw? I'm with you. Kate. I would take Denver. You might take okay. Denver, but you have to admit, Jay, there's reason to think they're not invincible. Like, like just like the Celtics, but, but were the one dude, all year and then they faltered. They're five and five in their last ten. Denver, Milwaukee's You'll, been dominant for most of the year without yeah. Chris Middleton. Yeah, Milwaukee. Okay, in the East, we're talking about the West, though. Yeah. So there's no but Milwaukee, but Milwaukee, Milwaukee has shown though too in the past, Jay. They can win a chip. Milwaukee have shown that they can still do good without Middleton in the lineup in the past. I'm the one that I'm originally the one that talked about like the fact that I see there are flaws in a lot of different teams. Like Denver is still the best team in the Western Conference, and y'all keep calling Sacramento cute. Y'all are sleeping on the Sacramento Kings. So you think Kings. the two ones? I, that I are think cut the two. I, I think Sacramento, Memphis, and Denver are live. So those three. I think they're live. I think people don't watch Sacramento. Let's, let's call it where it is. People like uh, all De'Aaron Fox. You know, DeMontis Sabonis is one of the best passers in the game. Davion Mitchell will lock you up. Harrison Barnes has won a championship. Like, Keegan Murray is one of the top players that nobody talks about in the league. Yes, they are young, but they are going to be there when it's all said so and wait, done. So wait, so what are you saying? So it's not wide open because Denver is the clear-cut I, 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 favorite. I think, I think it goes Denver. I will have Memphis and Sac in that next bunch. And then you think and, and Phoenix will because I don't know how I think KD's going to come back. They'll find their groove offensively. I think Phoenix is in that bucket, obviously. But I need to see how KD comes see, back. I think the Warriors. See, I like veteran. I like well, veteran I don't think players. The with, until Andrew Wiggins comes back, I like play. veteran players with veteran leadership that has done it before. That's why when I look at teams like the Sacramento, and I did Memphis last year, is because when you have veteran guys that understand what's at stake, it just it's different. You go and you look at you go and you look at Boston last year in the championship just against Golden State, right? It it, it became too much for them. 
It became too much. Now, the next time around, it may be different. But that's how I look at it. When you start talking about certain teams, I'm like, they haven't been in that position before. Yeah, I understand. I mean, look, KD, Devin Booker, and CP3, if these guys are healthy, will be there knocking on the door as well. And I get championship experience matters. I'm going to go ahead and say I, I don't think Golden State's going to be back. Y'all can keep talking about experience. They are 8-29 and 29 on the road. This team feels so different. Like it, it's, And I go back to that Draymond Green, Jordan Poole situation, man. Like This is not Michael Jordan you know, swinging at Steve Kerr. Like That was the best player on the team. So that energy was set around Michael Jordan. If it was Steph Curry, who's, that's not even the energy Steph Curry carries. So now you have Draymond Green, who doesn't know if he's going to be brought back to this team. You have Bob Myers, who doesn't know if he's going to be brought back to this team. And you have a squad. Who knows when Andrew Wiggins is even coming? People forget how critical Andrew Wiggins was to winning a chip last year, man. Yep. He was not only a lockdown defender, but he carried a load offensively, too. Like, I do not have Golden State being there when it's all said and done. I, I, but then again, Wiggins does, is not gone for any kind of physical injury right now. And so it makes you think. Have you heard anything about Andrew Wiggins? No, but, That's my, but that, it makes you think with high stakes, you know, a championship, the whole thing, that I, if I had to guess, I'm guessing he's back. He's coming back. Okay. You, and he's I mean, coming it's a back guess. physically okay. It's a guess. It is a guess. Whenever I, I, I don't feel, know, there's no injury reported. And there's off-the-court things that are happening. I don't know what's happening because nobody from their organization is even mentioning it. So let's go back to Ja, guys. If Ja gets this rest, and whether or not he has a chip on his shoulder, right, he does have something to prove. Think about it. The guy goes from he might be the face of the NBA one day soon to, oh, my God, Ja just threw it all away, right? But maybe they nipped it in the bud just in time. Not nipped it in the bud, but caught it just in time before it swallowed him, right? Before it sunk, before it sunk him as a potential face of the league. Guys, if Ja comes back, remember they went six games with the Warriors last year in the playoffs, the eventual champions, and Ja was hurt for most of that series. He didn't play. So if Ja comes back and plays the best ball of his career, which is not unlikely given the rest he just had and what he has to prove, could the Memphis Grizzlies potentially go all the way, Jay? Yeah, they have a legitimate shot. I still worry about their half-court offense that ranks, you know, towards the bottom of the NBA. Because I think when you take them out of transition, their ability to execute, like they're not the same three-point shooting team they were last year. They lost some critical pieces. Kyle Anderson played a critical role last year making plays for them down the stretch. I still think they are a very, very good team that could win a championship. Ja just needs to be at a different level. See, they're rounding into form. Grizzlies without Ja Morant this season. The first 11 games they played without them, they were 4-7. and seven. This is on ESPNU right now. 4-7. and seven. The points per game were under 113. And the point differential, importantly, they were minus 2.5. That's why they most lost most of the games. Uh, they, they, Steven Adams out. Yep. He needs to come back and play. Like, well, but in the last seven games without Ja, they're 6-1. and one. They score almost 120 points a game, and they're plus 6.6 point differential. So the team is also peaking. Ja is rejoining a team that is peaking with him potentially set up to also peak with them. I agree. I mean, if Steven Adams doesn't come back, we'll see what his status is. Are you trusting Jaron Jackson to stay out of foul trouble? That's been a theme it's followed him a lot throughout the playoffs. Man, if they go all the way, Jay, and you said there's a chance, right? Legitimate chance, yeah. And Jaws, the finals MVP. Are they going to go all the way, Jay? I don't know. I need, I need to see how seating ends up. 
I like I, I like to see seeding first. If Ja wins Finals MVP, because there's a lot of movement. Right? If Ja wins Finals MVP, is he right back where he was in terms of positioning himself to be the face of the league in spite of these problems? That's the Would that cancel out everything that, that, that just happened? Would he be ahead of where he was? I think maybe if he wins Finals MVP this year, I'm saying it's a long shot, but he, it's possible he might be ahead of where he was even before the trouble. America, boy, we like winners. We forgive a lot of stuff if you win. Should the NCAA expand the tournament? KJM. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Three at the buzzer, and it's over. K-State beats Kentucky 75-69. to The team from the Little Apple is headed to the Big Apple to play in the Sweet 16. I thought that we could be an NCAA tournament team. That was my goal. Sound courtesy of Westwood One NCAA Radio Network. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Jay, what do you think about the... Uh about potentially expanding the tournament. I hate it. I don't want to expand it. Please don't. Like it, it's already it, it's sixty eight teams. So yeah, they already expanded. They already expanded it. You know, like we have uh, uh, we have playing games now to get you into the field. So at the end of the day, like it's not like the CFP, right? Where it's like, oh, we're going to expand it from four to potentially eight to sixteen. I don't even like that. Like, it's yeah. like no, to that's me, better in football. It, yeah, they it, need it. It's too much. Like I, I think. That first weekend of the tournament is so good. I think it is the perfect vehicle, and I don't want to mess with it. Yeah, they should leave it alone. Just it, It's been that way. Leave it alone. It's enough teams. I mean, how many more upset-type programs you want to see in there? Low-level programs, and it just, nah, you leave it, leave it where it's at. I mean, the, one of the rules that should change, though, is like, uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like, FDU, obviously – after you didn't even win their their conference, so I you know you got some conferences that if you win the conference you get the automatic bid. Automatic bid. And others yeah. say if you win the regular season, like for like still like Ivy League, you win the regular season, 
even though that's changed, like you get the automatic bid. So I think uniformity across the level about what gives you the automatic bid is more of the conversation. You know, it's <laughs> exclusion is the point. That's the point. These are the best teams in the nation competing, and there are already a lot of them. What is the point in expanding it? I agree. Just to dilute it. I suppose the argument would be that because of the format, and we're seeing 16-1 in this tournament early and, and 15-2s and stuff like that, that, it's, that it is possible even for the lesser teams to, even, even if they don't go out, to go on a little run and add to the excitement. I think it's pretty good as it is. I don't know. I know, Key, you say in football you want them to expand it. Yeah, like, no, and yeah, football needs to expand. Yeah, I, don't, not, I don't think so. I no, like four, the fact four, that it's a double teams, elimination tournament all year. No, four teams is not, is not enough in the but, final But four. once you expand it, Key, you yeah. lose the regular season. Like right now, yeah. right now, week you, you one. If you, you lose the, week you one in college football, season. it might be over for you. You have, you have, you yeah, have, depending you, on, but depending on what program you are. See, if you Alabama, you lose week one. You, it's yeah, not over for you. Not, yeah, right, right. But, 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 it's at but least if you old Miss tournament, but if you old Miss and you lose week one, it it's gone. over for you. But, but if you lose, if you old Miss on the new, if they change it and you old Miss and you lose week two, you got all day long to get back in. But this is the problem, Key. Even if you're Alabama, you lose once, you might still do. It. You lose twice, it's a wrap. If you expand the playoffs and you lose <laughs> twice, you're still in it. So now yeah, what you've you, done is you've lowered you, the importance you, of the regular season. If you are Alabama, for instance, and you lose twice, that means you lost to two hell of a team. Yeah, no doubt. Right? If you right. didn't lose. It wasn't like you lost to Rice. You, like, really lost to some stuff. All right, listen. Is we he, have Jerome Tang okay. right now. So they were talking about expanding to 90 teams. That's too much. Kansas State head coach, Big 12 coach of the year with us now. Morning, coach. Good morning. How we doing, fellas? What's happening, Coach? Congratulations on everything, man. Thank you very much. So, Coach, we were just talking about it before you jumped on. What do you say to those who want to expand this field beyond 68 teams at this point? I'm all about it. And uh, I'm just telling you, it is so hard to to get into uh, the tournament. I mean, if you look at college football, uh, darn near every team gets to play in a bowl game. And coaches get to keep their jobs. And uh, a lot of uh, guys win and uh, get jobs and lose jobs simply about getting to the tournament or any success in the tournament. And it's such a hard criteria because there's 363 teams playing college basketball. It's not like 120 in college football. You know, so um, I'm all about it, man. You know, one more game, one more round, you know, (laughs) dudes get another couple years on their contract. And because given enough time, uh, coaches will be successful given enough time because, you know, I mean, we're, we're pretty good at what we do. Big 12 Coach of the Year, Jerome Tang from Kansas State, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Coach, I, I wanted to ask you, so obviously you guys played an incredible game against Kansas. You guys were able to get to the Sweet 16. Um, there are a lot of other reasons why your team should have been going viral, but I saw a video of you going viral talking about um, talking about Kentucky, saying that we have more dudes than them. Can you just further ex- expound upon that? I mean, you do have more dudes in Kentucky. You guys are more together. Why does every? Why was everybody making that such a big thing? Um, man, you know, uh, too many times I think uh, people get labeled or judged based on the the name on the front of the jersey and not on the individual inside of the jersey. And 
You know, I, I mean, there's a reason that two of my guys uh, made All-American teams this year. And I don't know if there's another team in the country that had uh, two. And I think they were both second or third team All-Americans. So, you know, at, at the end of the game, if the game is close, as a coach, I feel really good because I got two of the five best players on the floor. <laughs> and, um, you know, that that's just – so I didn't. Uh, this wasn't an offense to anybody else, but after a big win, I didn't want to talk about uh, another program. I wanted to talk about the Kansas State Wildcats, and uh, so, you know, I, if, if I offended anybody, you know, I, I apologize. But but uh, I was going to stand up for my guys because I I, I really believe that um, if we were wearing a different uniform with a different name on it, uh, people would have different thoughts about the guys in the uniform. Mm-hmm. Coach, how has, go ahead, Key. How's this journey been for you in the in the team? Oh man, it's been incredible, man. Incredible. You know, I uh, when I got the job, it was almost a year ago to the day. Uh, you know, um, I told them, hey, you know, how we were going to win, and it wasn't going to take long, and we just need to buy in. If everybody bought in, everybody did their part, and some guys decided that their part was to leave and. Two guys, uh, Ishma Sood and Marquise Noel, decided they wanted to stay. And, man, I'm so thankful those guys chose to stay because they helped recruit the rest of the team, and we found guys that, that had winning in their DNA. And uh, you know how both of you guys have won at a high level, and you understand that when you win at a high level, you understand there are sacrifices that have to be made. You know, And these guys understand there are sacrifices every day that have to be made. And, uh, just to watch them grow and come together, the whole team, Hmm. And and to see the chemistry that they have, I, I'm just so blessed, man. Uh, God, God, I can't thank the good Lord enough for this opportunity, and uh, at this university and uh, for this fan base, and and to work with these young men. Jerome Tang, Kansas State head coach, Big Twelve Coach of the Year. Before we let you go, Coach, what problems does a Tom Izzo Michigan State team present? Well, you know, Coach Izzo, uh, first of all, is just a, a terrific human being. He's always treated me terrific as an assistant. And that, that that says a lot when there's a Hall of Fame guy out there that, I mean, he knows an assistant coach's name. You know, that, that says a lot about him as a person. And his teams have always been tough and gritty. They just personify what he who he is as a person. I remember as a high school coach, I would do uh, blockout drills with him football helmets and shoulder pads because I saw Tom Izzo did that. You know what mm. I mean? Like that toughness, that grit, and, and this group of guys have really embodied that for him. And, and in the NCAA tournament, you know, refs, they let you play, right, because people don't turn on TVs to watch them blow the whistle. And so his physical team, the way they, they bump every cutter and, uh, you know, challenge every pass, they can test every shot. Mm. You know, you're going to get hit multiple times every possession. You know, that that's just – it fits into the NCAA tournament. That's why he's been so successful because his guys are prepared to win games at this time of year. But we play in the best conference in America, the Big 12, and every game, every night is like that. And so our guys are well prepared uh, for the battle that's in front of them. Thank you, Coach, and best of luck. Good luck to you, Coach. Hey, hey thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, Jay. You got it, man. Hey, guys, will the one-and-done rule in the NBA be done soon? KJM. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. We are pleased to welcome NBA PA Executive Director Tamika Tremaglio. Pardon me, Tamika. Both the NBA and uh, NBA, NBPA can opt out of the current labor Deal before the March 31st deadline, a deadline that's already been pushed back twice. The CBA will expire on June 30 if either side opts out. Otherwise, it will run through the 2023-24 seasons. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Tamika. How are you? I am well, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, what do you see as the most important goals in negotiating any new collective bargaining agreement? And... Uh, more broadly in leading the NBPA? Well, thank you, first of all, for having me on the show today. I really appreciate it. It is um, so exciting to be here. In spite of it being, you know, 8.30 in the morning, I'm grateful for this opportunity. First, as you all know, and I've talked about this quite a bit over the last year, that we really are focused on three things. Of course, the future of basketball, the development and protection of our players, and then fairness and equity. And with the future of basketball, we are looking at what business opportunities there are for our players, what are things that we should be keeping top of mind, how are we looking at emerging technologies, emerging markets? When we look at the development and protection, the safety of our players, that's our number one priority, right, is to get them on the court in a way that's healthy and safe for them. And then finally, we want to make sure that there's fairness and equity. We want to make sure that, you know, as we're looking at all of the things that are happening in the league, that we're looking at what is happening for our players specifically, and that is in line and priority is paid attention to as ter- in terms of what the player can receive, what the league, what the governors are receiving. Tamika, when you, when you talk about those expanding opportunities business-wise, you and I have had conversations about this before in the past, um, you know, more participation alongside owners and emerging markets, like you said. Like, how do you create an environment that is more conducive to having athletes being able to invest next to owners as they get deal flow that, frankly, nobody else in the world is allowed to look at. Yeah, no, and it's a great point, and thank you, Jay. And we have had conversations about this because I think we share the same spirit in terms of you know the ability to invest. And our players, quite frankly, 
are entrepreneurs. That's the one thing that I think is lost so often is that our players are more than just basketball players. Obviously, they are exceptional. They are the best in the world. But they also have other businesses, and they're focused on entrepreneurial skills and things that they can do to generate additional business. And when they're looking at the governors, many of whom they really look up to around investments and how do you invest in emerging technologies, how can we you know, be a part of the share of the pie? How are we growing the pie? not only when we're playing the game and being on the court, but what happens when we're off the court? How can we continue to create generational wealth? And so when they looked at hiring me, one of the things that they were looking at is future generational wealth. How are we looking beyond the court? How are we looking off the court? How are we going to make an impact in ways that really matter as we go past you know, the five or so average years that they'll be playing basketball? Tamika, as you continue to work on this new uh, CBA deal in in trying to figure out how to maximize certain things, incentivizing certain things for players to play in the regular season because of the importance of not only the league but the players as well in the media rights deals and things of that nature when players are, you know, resting up their bodies and and you hear all the complaints from different people about – them should they should be on the court not sitting on the sidelines how do you envision getting this kind of across to the league as well as the players and closing this deal yeah, so as you just mentioned, it is incredibly complex, right? You know, there's obviously this focus on fairness and equity. And, you know, specifically as you talk about load management, I guess it's important to make the distinction between load management and injury management, right? Obviously, we're keeping it as a priority, the health and safety of our players. So you've got to look at things from an injury perspective as well. But in general, as we look at load management, the reason why it is such a complex issue is because there are so many stakeholders. We are there to play the game and we're excited to see our fans and we want our fans to be engaged. So we've got to look at it from the perspective of the fans and their expectations and how are we meeting their expectations. We also have to look at it in terms of the team and their overall objective and how do they get to the things that they want to get accomplished while also managing our players. We as clearly a priority for us is the health and safety. So how do you look at health and safety as it relates to the team, to the governors, to the fans? You know, all of those things play such a huge component in this. And it's a complex issue. But we are always focused on what's fair, what's equitable, and figuring out sort of how this mosaic is going to work out such that it's beneficial for everyone. Talking to Tamika Tremaglio. NBA P, sorry, NBA PA, MBPA Executive Director, um, development and protection of players, right? Uh, get growing the whole, growing the whole of uh, of the membership, you know, beyond their time on the court. You say is is um, important. Working to increase player security and 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 all this. What else? Well, you know, in addition to that, obviously, we are looking at the business opportunities. So when you talk about the emerging markets, you know, all, there are so many new things that our players can get engaged in. And, and they're, you know, incredibly well-read. They're looking out in the marketplace. They're determining what they should be doing and shouldn't be doing. And so we want to make sure that that's available to them. The, the collective bargaining agreement covers 
so much. I think it's sort of lost on many that it is just a finite issue looking at salary. The reality is it covers everything in our game. It's over 500 pages. We've made hundreds of proposals. The league has made hundreds of proposals. So there is so much to it. So we are considering everything, and we want to make sure nothing is left on the table. So all of those things are priorities to not only our governors or players, you know, whether we're looking at them as their rookies as they're entering the league or we're looking at our veteran players, everybody's impacted by the CBA. Tamika, now to the fun stuff. From from Uncle's Tire Shop to Executive Director of the NBA PA, what did you learn when you were younger working in the tire shop with your uncle, and I'm assuming probably helping change the little tires here and there, uh, that you carry with you today as you're the director in the NBA PA? Well, it's funny that you would say that he would laugh at the thought of me changing a tire, but I was always behind the register because, quite frankly, I was always sort of fascinated with money and how things worked. And, you know, so that was always a priority to me. But he also, I think they really taught me to be a servant leader, that we are here to serve. And in this role in particular, I get that opportunity each and every day. You know, honestly, I I appreciate that everybody doesn't get the opportunity to serve sort of the best players in the world. And so that's a privilege for me. But I learned that it doesn't matter who it is. It's so important that we are in a position where we're bringing other people up and that we are serving others. And so that's what I look at as sort of my North Star every single day. So they say, you know what you're going to do at the age of five. I think that was true for me, even running behind the tire shop and getting a little dirty. I wouldn't say changing a tire, but certainly (laughs) getting dirty. So I'm right now getting pretty dirty. (laughs) Tamika, what kind of of, uh, mechanisms are you guys putting in place? place as relates to the NBA PA uh, for when the draft reverts back to being 18 years old in 2024 to really ensure that young people when they come to the league that they have every possibility to be as successful as possible. Yeah, so, you know, it's a really great question, and I I do just want to remind everyone we have not come to that agreement as of yet with regards to the age 18. We are, you know, it is something that is on the table and that we are certainly considering. But for us, again, what we really want is players that are going to be successful in the game, right? And so our players have made it a priority. Our executive committee is led by C.J. McCollum is very focused on how do we make sure that they're successful in this league. And part of them being successful is learning from others and having our veteran players a part of that is significant for us. So we not only want to get them here because certainly freedom of movement and having our players be able to make a choice and join the league at 18 is a phenomenal thing for everyone. But the reality is we want to make sure that they're successful when they are part of the teams and having our veteran players a part of that is significant. Every single one of our players talks about the importance of having veterans when they were here and how much they learned from them because it is not just on the court it is also all of the things that come with this you know sort of coming into this position coming into a league being and doing something that you've never done before you really need that mature insight to make sure that you're successful for the long run and we're here for the long run where we want to make sure that our players are successful to me obviously there, there's a history uh of nba players 90s as it relates to guns and things of that sort and we've had the job ja morant situation that has occurred uh, i'm just curious like does the, does the mbpa provide players and this is more the ignorance on my part so i'm asking openly now you know with like a, a vetted list of security individuals that they can then hire from so 
Because you know, players shouldn't be carrying guns on them anyway at all. They should have protective services in place. Do you guys provide any kind of uh, vet or you know, thorough investigation to who people are that are qualified to protect these young individuals when they're out and about? Yeah, so, you know, it is obviously a great question. And, you know, certainly we don't comment on the specific player matters. But what I will say is that, you know, as a union, we are there to make sure that we are protecting them. And, you know, I know that Ja in particular has said that he's sorry to his family, teammates, coaches, fans, Memphis, you know, Grizzlies organization. And I know that he has appreciated this as a learning opportunity, right? And, And he's taking the time that he needed to work on himself. We're excited to see him back. I spoke to him last night and he talked about you know how excited he was to be back on the court how excited he was the other night to be in the arena so i think that it is a great thing but yes you know we have mental health you know um doctors here within the union that we use that are talking to our players on a constant basis we have our player representatives so we are wrapping our arms around them for certain to make sure that they are protected and and obviously things like that are going to happen but what we are here to do is to help to get them past those experiences and to become better people as a result of them mm, to me good tramagio Tramaglio, I apologize for the second time. Uh, NBPA Executive Director, thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks, Tamika. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. So, a couple of things, guys. I don't know how much people really have to say about it at this point. Willis Reed passed yesterday. Um... He was, you know, like I, I missed that entire era. I was born right after the Willis Reed Clyde Frazier era, but in this town, in New York City, that was a big deal. You know, Willis Reed was a great player who was the, you know, heart and soul of two champion of a team that wound up winning two championships. And his limping out into the court against the Lakers and Wilt Chamberlain and was inspirational to a team, hit a couple of jump shots, and then really Clyde Frazier took over, but, but it was, you know, the, uh, as much of a symbol of that team in New York as anyone, and his passing is obviously a, a, a big deal in the history of the Knicks franchise. He did it against the Lakers, by the way, and the Lakers have continued to be a big deal basically every year since, right? Um, 
LeBron James is coming back. How do they, Jay, do you uh, think? Yep. Can I can I say something about Willis Reed? Please, yeah. Um, I read an article it's about six or seven years ago, and there's a story that really stuck with me about Willis Reed just being the consummate professional, right? So Clyde Frazier obviously was his rookie when he was playing. And, you know, back in the day, while the NBA was trying to promote itself, they did a lot more grassroots marketing style, right? So the NBA would always send a lot of their players out to different camps to go spend time with kids, especially in their regions, right, geographical regions. So New York going out spending time with camps of kids. And the one director of the camp was saying how, um, you know, this is our camp, these are all the kids participating, and he's like, well, you guys have some sick kids here who caught flus, things of that sort, where are they staying at? And Willis Street was like, hey, I, I want to go spend time with them. So players had to sleep over at the camps back then for a couple of days, right? So you know, Willis Street, you have Clive Frazier sleeping together in one of these cabins, spending time with the sick kids. Like, imagine that as Clive Frazier, who obviously then took on the torch for Willis Reed. But having that as the leader, somebody that you get a chance to spend time with, and Clyde has obviously lived his life always giving back to the community as well. And when you hear stories, we're always obviously going to talk about things on the court and how much he's meant to organizations in the game of basketball. But when you hear stories about Willis Reed as the human being, spending time with kids and thinking about, look, I want to spend time with the kids who are sick who came and participated at the camp. Like, to me, those kind of stories epitomize who people are, regardless of how they deal with the fame or the attention that comes along with the sport. And then to see Clyde Frazier be another representation of that, I, just, I still find that story resonating with me today, seven years later. Yeah, he was uh, one of the all-time great centers for kids who don't know, um, you know, who's, who you know, came along before the heavily covered era of the NBA. But was uh, but was an all time great, you know, and uh, and also went on to great success in the front office and was on a team. Those Knicks teams, like all those guys, went on to do incredible things. Bill Bradley ran for president, right? Clyde Frazier is still known in popular culture and as a broadcaster. And you know, everywhere you looked, there was a guy doing something, and Willis Reed was their leader. Um, at, at any rate, I mentioned the Lakers because their greatest their, their championships came. The Knicks, those Knicks teams in 69, 70, and 72, 73 came against the Lakers of Jerry West and Wilt Chamberlain. Um, LeBron James in Lakers history is more like a Wilt Chamberlain, say, than a Kobe Bryant or Magic Johnson. In other words, one of the all-time greats, one of the physically just dominant like incredible players who toward the end of his career was still good enough to chip up with LA. How do the Lakers integrate him when he comes back? He comes off the bench. He's on a minute restriction, comes off the bench. And, and I, look, I'm not saying he's going to play the rest of the games, depending upon when he comes back. He's scheduled now to come back during the last week of the regular season. So that gives you two games, three games, uh, I have him come off the bench because I, I think right now the biggest question is the ball's in the hands of Austin Reeves. The ball's in the hands of D'Angelo Russell, right? So all of a sudden, like, I, you need those guys to play and continue to play at a high level. So I think for LeBron, you get the ball, go in transition, use him as a screener, but it can't, the offense can't revert back to everybody standing around and watching LeBron James. The more you can keep him active and moving within the offense as you rev up the offense, because obviously when you get to play a basketball a lot of things are going to be centered around him, but you have to find that groove because I do believe if he could find that groove with the ball in his hands later in the playoffs, 
that's when the team has a chance to be its best version of itself. Key, what do yeah, you we think? We got to get in the playoffs first, though, Jay. Right? Well, that's a, well I mean, you may have you may have four games, con- including the play-in tournament, <laughs> yeah. to get you there to get him the reps too, as well. Let's say they do yeah. get in, Key. What do you need to see here toward the end of the season from LeBron to make you think you can actually make a run? Well, one, you got to stay healthy. I want to make sure that he stays healthy. I don't want to see any limping around, none of that sort of stuff. But just being able to 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 be himself. When he's out on the floor, if he's coming off the bench, be the engine, be the guy when you when you get those, you know, twenty minutes or so. Yeah, right. You got to, to integrate him, but it's going to be interesting because they have the right pieces around him now. It seems if everyone can stay healthy. By the way, are Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum heading for a split? Does this mean it's do or die right now for the Celtics? KJM. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.